Can you tell me what Buckingham Palace, built in 1703, anybody been to Buckingham Palace? Wow, a lot of you. 1703. The White House, built in 1792. Anybody been to the White House? Been there. The Taj Mahal, 1631. Anybody been to the Taj Mahal? St. Peter's Basilica, a lot of you have been there, 1506. The Great Wall of China, a lot of you have been there, 206 B.C. The Leaning Tower of Pisa, a lot of you have been there, 1372. So let me remember, Buckingham Palace, the White House, the Taj Mahal, St. Peter's Basilica, the Great Wall of China, and the Leaning Tower of Pisa, what do they all have in common? The seven wonders of the world. You're wrong, but that's a good guess. <laughs> I was at one of the seven wonders of the world. I was at the varsity last night. That's one of the seven wonders. <laughs> Any idea what they have in common? You, you're not going to get this, so I'm just going to tell you. They're all temporary. Think about it. They're all temporary. Why do I say that? Well, if you believe the book, doesn't the book say something about them being temporary? Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, these words, Heaven and earth will pass away, gone. My words will not pass away. Everything here is temporary. As you know, on top of that, time flies. Dorothy Palmer celebrated 100 years yesterday. That's just miraculous to me. The year Dorothy was born, Woodrow Wilson occupied the White House. World War I was underway. Albert Einstein published his theory on relativity. Pancho Villa was leading a revolution in Mexico. The Chicago Cubs played their first game at Wrigley Field. In Atlanta, carving began on Stone Mountain. Coca-Cola started using a curved bottle in 1916. Electric refrigerators were first on sale, and stainless steel was invented. And now Dorothy's 100. And the things that she has seen, and the changes that have occurred in that lifetime, and Dorothy would tell you, time flies. I spoke at Mount Vernon Towers Tuesday night at their Vespers service. And I am always struck by going there because that's where I went to elementary school. And I told them that I started the first day there in the first grade that I remember well over 50 years ago. Time flies. All is temporary because Hammond Elementary School is gone and time flies. Aren't you glad you came to church if that's what you learned today? It's temporary and fly. At Sandy Springs High School, a temporary building which is long gone. I remember in high school being given an assignment to read a book. And the book was about the future, written by George Orwell, about distant time, far away. Remember the title? 1984. And if you wanted to get way out there, looking way down the path, there was a movie, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And that would never, well, it did, did it? 
Scripture tries to prepare us. James 4.14 says this. <clears throat> How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while. And then it's gone. So we know it's temporary. We know it goes quickly. How depressing it would be if that's all we knew. But we know a lot more than this. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we do that. Father, thank you for your word. And we ask that it would just permeate our lives. Speak to us through it and through your Holy Spirit. That gives it to us. Father, if there's any obstacles in our way, help us to remove them. And Father, help us to see the things the way you want us to see them. Beyond this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our focal scripture is in 2 Corinthians today, chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, about this temporary fleeting world. So we do not lose heart. If all you knew is, is that it was temporary and it was flying by, you lose heart. Don't do it. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that's beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Let me put it this way. In verse 16, the words outer nature, let's define as what we see. That makes sense to you? The outer, outer stuff is what we see. And verse 16 tells us that what we see is wasting away, and we know that. But then it says our inner nature, and let's define inner nature as what we don't see. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Now verse 17 repeats verse 16. just says it in a different way. It says, this slight momentary affliction, the stuff we go through, have been through, are going through, this slight affliction, that's what we see. And then it says... It's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. So the eternal weight of glory beyond all measure is, again, what we don't see. We get to verse 18. And verse 18 tells us the way we should now see things as a Christian. Last week we talked about new eyes. It's kind of part B to that. Verse 18, because as Christians, we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen, now that's eternal. What Paul wants us to do here is to not lose heart because we live in a temporary decaying world and a temporary decaying body. So he wants us to focus beyond that. He wants us to know that there's more than meets the eye. 
So often we can get in a, a rut and get stuck in a pity party and focus on problems and think that they're just going to last forever. But when we do that, we focus on the wrong thing. Look at how chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians begins. Verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, a tent's a temporary structure. When that's destroyed, we have a building from God, a house that made with hands that's eternal in the heavens. As you know, Paul was once a tent maker and had made his living as such. And no matter how well he did his job, he knew that a tent was temporary. I've told you the story, and I'll tell you the brief story of it. Not the long version, but about the last time I stayed in a tent, our children were little. And we thought it would be, I thought we, it was not a we situation, it was an I situation. I thought it would be fun to take them to, to, to Mississippi to Choctaw Lake camping. And so I bought a big tent, and I took the mattress, the queen-size mattress, off of our bed, and I put it in said tent. And I got a little heater, a little ceramic disc heater, and put it in there so it wouldn't be cold in the tent. It was fabulous for me, Taylor, <laughs> and Helen. <laughs> Middle of the night, in the woods, at Choctaw Lake, a bird starts to chirp and sing and tweet and make lovely noises to me. And Taylor and Ellen. Early about daybreak, my lovely bride sits up, looks at me, and says, I am not a happy camper. <laughs> am I making any of this up? Not a man. Goes to her car and drives away. <laughs> Leaving me and Taylor and Ellen, the burden inside. Thank God we were in two vehicles, so I wasn't left. And she goes home, cooks breakfast, and brings it back to us as a nice treat. Last time my family went camping. That's been twenty. Five, six years ago. I was happy that tent was temporary. But in 2 Corinthians 5.1, it talks about our body. And the older we become, the more we can relate that our bodies are temporary. And we can look forward to what is permanent that God has prepared for. I want to share you, with you some good news about the temporary. If you have problems today, they are temporary. If you have aches and pains today, they are temporary. If you have a family situation today that robs you of your joy, it is temporary. If you're in the midst of a big mess, it is temporary. I sat with a lady Tuesday night at Mount Vernon Towers that is ready to go. Up in years, strong in faith, and her tent is wearing out. She's happy because she has a building from God and she's looking 
at what cannot be seen. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. She knows, knows that there's more than meets the eye. She's living the words of 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. And when I read them earlier, I thought about her. We do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. And so we need to be careful about changing the way we see things. Here's another great example from Hebrews. We might talk about this next week. It's about Moses, the way he saw things. We're told in Hebrews, by faith, Moses, when he was growing up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered abuse suffered for the Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, unafraid of the king's anger, for he persevered as though he saw him who is invisible. There it is. That's the key. He persevered as though he saw him who is invisible. We are so different when we do just that. When we live as if we see God. And sometimes we get it right. And sometimes I get it right and it's wonderful. And I'm keenly aware and I see the way I should. And then other times, not so much. Not so much. When you look at any situation, try to see beyond it to the eternal. Problems become smaller. Opportunities become bigger. And remember what it says about you in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's pray.